Welcome on into the 2-3 Podcast. I'm Cam, that's Zach. Episode 24, Senior Night Edition. Lots unpacked today, Cam. I guess first thing we'll get right into it is Benny's out for the season. Benny is out for the season, yeah. As we record this, it came out earlier today that Benny is out for the season with a lower body injury. He, he suffered against UNC. Last time we talked to you, it was before the Duke game. So like you said, Zach, there's a lot to unpack here, but that is definitely top priority to get to. Benny's year is done after he had a breakout game against Duke. So it's a tough loss. It's a very tough loss for a player that was maybe starting to kind of find a stride, but I think if you're Benny, you got to come back with a, a good mentality next year saying, all right, that happened. Like he's got the taste of like what he can be in this program in his mouth now. And he just, I'm sure he wants more now. That's now the third injury too. Obviously Jesse's out. Samir is out with a concussion. He is confirmed out for Miami and Jim didn't say in a presser that he might be available next week. So we might be able to see him for the ACC tourney. And now Benny. So it's just like, Injuries are kind of everywhere. I feel like this is the worst it's been ever in recent in recent time I can remember. Three guys out, and you know I guess you know Samir and Benny are starters, but they're obviously crucial guys that come off the bench. So it's just a bummer. And like Cam was saying, like he's you know had a great Duke, you know breakout game, you know struggled a little bit against UNC, but still was you know there's hope that maybe he could get get things going here and you know continue to finish out the season strong but that's not going to happen one other thing though jim did say is it, it was it sounds like it's pretty minor it, the timetable is out four weeks obviously you know given where the things are he's that the season can be over by then but at least at least like it's not going to like ruin his his off season it's just going to ruin the end of the season. Yeah, they weren't very specific about what the injury was. They just said more or less lower body, but I can't imagine <laughs> Lower that. body. Yeah, lower body, just somewhere in the lower body extremity. So it could it could be an ankle sprain. It could be anything as simple as that. But hopefully it's, like you said, Zach, hopefully it's nothing too serious and doesn't seem like it is that serious if Jim said that he's only out for four weeks. After that, he can kind of ramp up and everything, but... To your point, like, I don't remember having this many injuries on the team. And it seems like in college basketball in general, there are just less injuries, less year-long injuries than there are in, like, say, professionals. Now, it could be because they play more in the pros, but it seems like there's they're just a lot more healthier in college. And uh, I shouldn't say that, but it just seems like there's a lot less injuries um, that are reported, at least, in college. And it's just so rare to like get a, Hey, this player is out for the rest of the year. And we now have two of those players. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is. It, it's like, it was a surprise with Jesse, obviously. And, and now it's Benny. Obviously Benny is a little bit, you know, with an asterisk since we're so, you know, there's one more regular season game. So in a normal season, you know, as long as there's, you know, you know, it's, it's four weeks. So like, that's not a terribly long recovery time. Obviously that is, you know, in, in the middle of ACC play, that's still like, you know, bulk of your schedule in four weeks. But nonetheless, it's it's just it's just a bummer. And I guess just how bad is this? Our, our, our bench gets limited even more. And it just, I don't know, it just feels like we don't really have much options anymore. I mean, you could make the argument that Benny wasn't seeing too many minutes as it is. It was just, he was getting, before the, the Duke game, he was getting maybe like 
eight or nine minutes a game, maybe. And then most of the time he was getting like three or four minutes. So you could make the argument that it really doesn't make too much of an impact. And I feel like a player like John Bull could pretty easily step up. I more or less like see the holes in the the roster just coming in like the point guard position with Samir out. And I feel like we saw a couple of like gaps in the past couple of games where maybe like bringing Samir in could have been to our benefit, just kind of changing up the pace, bringing in a better defender or whatever. And we really couldn't do that. Um, and it just, you know, it, it kind of stinks that we have to like kind of go through that and then think to ourselves, well, maybe if we had Samir, we could have done a little bit better on the defensive side of things. But as far as Benny's concerned, I'm not too worried about it. It is interesting that Jim did mention Chaz could get some play time, which I do like. That could We could see some Chaz minutes. Maybe he could be the uh, spark that we've needed for a very long time. But um, I don't know. It, it, I would love to see some John Bull minutes, man. I'm never going to we're never going to protest that Zach here on the two three. Yeah, Jim mentioned John Bull, Chaz Owens, and of course our guy Patty Casey are, are next up on on the roster for any subs or any rotation. So we'll we'll see how that pans out. I do think, honestly, I think he's gonna ride and die with, with his starting five like he has all, all year. Obviously, with the exception of Frank, you know, in the Barama rotation. But otherwise, like unless it's like abysmal, I really don't see our starting guys coming out. So it's a little easy to kind of look into the future now that, you know, Benny's hurt. And I like to think that the team morale is still pretty high. Zach, with the Bayheim boys out there, like there's no way that they can just like put their heads down and just stop playing. That just won't happen. There's still a lot of season left. There's still a whole ACC tournament left to win. So with the Bayheim boys, I could see them coming alive, making a little bit of a run. And uh, even though the Benny injury is is definitely a, a big shot to us, I still think that we still need to kind of power through and everything. Yeah, I think I think the Beheim brothers do give us an extra spark. You know, there's a there's a lot more to it. Obviously, the other guys want to go out there and compete and, and see what they can do. But in particular, with the the Beheim brothers, for obvious reasons, they have an extra spark. I think they can provide to the team. And there's no way these guys are going out lightly. I mean, that's everyone on the team. So I'm really kind of I'm excited to see like what they can pull off. Obviously, like very hard task at hand. You know, it's not gonna be easy, limited bench. But you know, we still have four starters from like you know four all year starters that have been playing pretty well recently. So there's still hope. You know, don't don't give up. Don't give up yet. Speaking of looking into the future, Jim had a very interesting interview talking about just kind of laying it all out there. And Zach, there were so many points that he got to, so many topics that were definitely in the back of the minds of of Q's fans everywhere. And he just he just laid it all out there, man. He didn't care. He um he talked about everything from playing man to man next year to the retirement plan. There was just a lot to unpack there. Yeah, honestly, this kind of unorthodox for Jim. I feel like he's usually buttoned up about all these kind of things and doesn't want to answer talk ponder any of these man to man or retirement anything about retirement up until this week has been like why would you ever (laughs) ask me that question but now he's like he now he's admittedly like yeah it's obviously like my retirement's that not that far away like given everything like obviously like you know i can't coach for another 20 years 
So it, it's a, it's an odd turn, but I mean, I guess it's time. And um, he, he's like like Cam was saying, he, he's really put it all out there this week. Yeah, he talked about how he wanted to play man to man next year, and he noted that we don't necessarily have we didn't necessarily have like the personnel to play man for the past four years. But one big like thing that all Q's fans have seen is that in the ACC, at least, like once you get used to the zone, they can do pretty well against us, like just kind of figuring out the zone, how well to play it. Obviously, the variation this year definitely helped. And I think that that's something that we definitely need to look into for the future is kind of adapting to the personnel that we have out there. Whether that is a one-one-three or a one-three-one or whatever, just the different variations of the zone can certainly trip up some opponents. But a team like Virginia has scorched us on zone since we joined the ACC. So it is something that he is, I guess, talking about, which is really odd to like talk about. Hey, Jim Beheim is thinking about going man to man. But at the same time, I feel like a lot of fans are kind of enjoying that uh, sense of, hey, maybe we'll be going to man-to-man next year. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I fully believe or agree that we haven't had the personnel to play man for the last four years. I mean, I guess, you know, I guess with Buddy being on the team, maybe we don't. But we've had some we've had some very athletic guys in recent years. You know, Ty Battle, Elijah Hughes, you know, Merrick Dolzhai. Those guys all could have played played a man-to-man I, I I would think so I, I'm a little unsure of that but I mean I think overall I guess it's fair but I guess the bigger point is that he is open to that and I'm not really sure what's kind of clicked now where it's like you know what like I don't know it, it has the year like been that bad I know like in Ken Palm we're like super like we're 200 something in in defense which is the wor- worst it's ever been so is it has it just been that bad of a year defensively where he's like, you know what, like I love the two three zone. It's been my, you know, my my pride and honor my forty six years, but maybe we gotta switch to man to man. I, I don't know. It's it's quite the interesting change to be honest. I don't really believe that it's going to fully happen. I think that we could maybe see like a Louisville sort of Rick Patino zone to man to man, like kind of mid switch or mid like play switch. I think that could be pretty cool, but there's absolutely no way that we go full man-to-man. There's just no way that that would ever happen. And I think that you could make the argument that when Jesse was really firing on all cylinders, the zone was doing pretty well, or at least defensively, we were doing a lot better than we were in the beginning of the year. I think that the wings maybe were like big holes in the defense, and you could maybe chalk that up to, hey... We're not big enough on the wings or we're not athletic enough on the wings. I know that you talked about quite a bit that maybe we weren't necessarily athletic for the zone. But I think that like in years past, even like the year before, we were still pretty good on defense. I don't really know what would click in Jim's head to be like, yeah, because of this year, everything's going to change. In fact, he's talked about it multiple times that like because this year has been bad, so many people have been talking about how Jim needs to retire and he's not going to do that. He's, you know, it's a bad year. You move on from it. And I think that maybe it's just something that he's thinking about, but I don't necessarily think it's necessarily like a, a plan to go full man to man next year. Maybe we could see it in like little glimpses, but I, I don't see it like happening like a full switch. Speaking of retirement, like we already mentioned Jim has admitted several times now on on different shows that there is a retirement plan. And and this is a quote, the plan 
that we have is good, but you don't reveal the plan. So <laughs> that's like that's most, about all we know. It's the most Jim quote ever. <laughs> I mean, ultimately though, like he is he he doesn't really admit much about it. He he does say that he wants to leave the program in a good spot, which I guess makes sense. You know, he doesn't want to. You know, just because he had a bad year, he doesn't want to quit. But something we were trying to talk about before we push record is the next guy, whoever that is, whether you know it's it's G Mac or or Adrian or you know even Hop or whoever else. I mean, I think it's gonna be one of those three, but I guess it could be someone else technically. But a, a chance for them to kind of rebuild and build their own identity. So in a way, like when we were talking about that, I was like, would you rather follow up on a bad season than a good one? Cause it, it's a, I feel it could be a better chance to rebuild and kind of have your own identity rather than like, you know, if Jim, you know, his last year goes to the sweet 16 or final four, or, you know, maybe he wins it in his last year, these in the next year or two or something. And then you have to follow that up. That feels like a way bigger task. Yeah, that's a lot more on your shoulders. Whoever has the next position as the head coach of Syracuse basketball is going to have so much pressure on them just to begin with. And whatever happens in the year before that is going to add even more pressure. So whether even like the team is bad, there's going to be pressure that the person coming in is going to make everything better, whether that's GMAC or Adrian or Hop or whoever. Definitely those are the leading three, like you said. But if they have a great year the year before, that's even going to add more pressure because like, hey, you've got to follow that up with what Jim just did. So whoever comes in, I just have one hope for them. I just hope that they can find their own identity with the team. I hope that they can find their own identity with the program, whether that be going to -to man-to-man or going up with like a different variation of the zone or just like having a different like mindset for the team and the direction of the team overall or just having their own personal flair that's what i hope because i don't want the next person to be basically jim Beheim jr which i think a lot of fans are more or less going to not anticipate but they're going to anticipate the same success that jim had and listen whoever the next head coach is going to be it's going to be a process and it very well could be like a young guy that comes in like GMAC who maybe it's his first head coaching position and there's going to be a lot of pressure on him. Or it could be Hop who already has experience coming from Washington, not having the best couple of years at, at the University of Washington, but like it, it could be him. I don't know. I just really hope that whoever comes in has their own flair to it and whether that be good or bad, because there's going to be a lot of pressure to begin with, but Thinking about like a new coach coming in for Syracuse basketball is just so mind boggling. Yeah, I mean, obviously it makes sense. Like we, we, it's you just you just look at you know the legacy he has and the time he's been here, and you know not to sit. Obviously, I mean, you can't ignore his age. So it, you know, it, obviously, and even he admitted like it's it's not that far away. Like we we can't you know unless he you know gets in a robo like <laughs> arm or implant. Like I don't think Jim Bayheim is going to be the Jim Bayheim, the, the cyborg. And, uh, unless that happens, I don't think Jim Bayheim is going to be coaching for, you know, in, in three to five years. Like that for sure. I don't think that's going to be, we're going to have a new head coach by then. So we'll see who that is. Uh, obviously I, I think 100% is going to be within, within the family, the Syracuse family, probably someone that's already, you know, sitting next to him on the bench currently. 
It is really funny that with these nationally televised games, you get a lot of reporters that are maybe from like ESPN or, or Fox Sports or whatever, and they probably don't have too much of a background on the team to begin with. So they just kind of are like, hey, Jim, like, are you thinking about next year if you're going to be coaching? And like one of the reporters asked that and Jim's like, yes, I've said that so many times. I am coming back next year. Like that is happening. I don't remember ever saying anything other than that. So it was just really funny to like hear him reiterate, Jim will be back next year. It's just a matter of how long this plan is going to be. And to be honest, don't expect that we're ever going to hear anything about this plan like ever until it actually happens because Jim is just so secretive about it. And honestly, enjoy Jim while he's here. Like just enjoy the time that we have with him. Enjoy the recruits coming in. Enjoy this year, Zach. There's still like a lot of year left. There's still some basketball that we got to play this year. What what does this do for recruitment though? Like how how do you tell recruits, "Hey, you know, we have a we have a plan, <laughs> but uh we don't reveal the plan." So, yeah. trust the process and like at that point where it's like when you know the next who the next guy is, you, you kind of have to tell us. So I, I think we're just at the point where like, I don't think I don't think they know who it is yet, but they have a plan to figure out who it is. So I imagine I imagine there's gonna be a point where they have to announce it. Otherwise, it's like you're just gonna tell recruits who it is, and like the recruits aren't gonna tell anyone, or it's not gonna get out. I can't imagine that being like feasible. Or like it, it, I feel like it would get messy at that point. So I, I feel like. Right eventually we're going to have like something similar to hop where it's like, this is the next head coach. I would yeah. think, I mean, maybe they don't want to put a timeline on it. So it'd be like, whenever Jim <laughs> decides to, re- to retire, this will be the next. Coach. I don't know. It, it seems like I get why they're kind of keeping it closed doors right now. It's, it, it'd be a lot to announce it like the, the plan right now, but I feel like they kind of do need to give us like a more finite plan I don't think they have it yet, so that's why they haven't, but I do think they'll have to give that to us eventually. I think maybe you could hear something about the next head coach is going to be within the program or they're going to be hired externally. It's also like curious to see like what Hop is going to do next year, not just for like Syracuse, but just like where his next move is going to be because I don't necessarily see Washington like bringing them bringing him back next year. So if he isn't brought back next year, where does he go? Does he take another position or does he go to Syracuse, which would pretty much like pave the way to what he's going to be doing? So I think that maybe you could hear that, hey, you know, it's going to be hired internally or externally or whatever. I think for recruits, Jim has made it clear several times in press conferences that as far as like next year is concerned, that he has told recruits that he's coming back next year. That is 100% what's going to happen. But I think for like, if you want to look ahead to 2023, that's a really good question is like, what do you tell recruits? Like you've got to give them some sort of indication that like, Hey, I'm not going to be around here forever. Like here's, you know, the next guy to step up in my place is going to be within the program or whatever to kind of reassure them. So I could see that maybe getting out. But I agree, like you can't just explicitly tell like recruits who the next head coach is going to be because that would just get messy real quick. So I think for recruiting, like it, it certainly provides sort of like an obstacle. Um, but as far as like next year is concerned, I think that Jim's Jim's got it taken care of. Just something to th- I was thinking about 
while Jim was talking about this, like we still, I'm a little confused of like the timing because this feels like a lot of like end of the year, like after your last game type conversations. So it it seems like the timing of these topics is is a little off. Like we still have one Moreto season game. We still have the ACC tournament. So I'm a little surprised in a way. I mean, I get the state of the season. You know, we have to wait in the ACC tournament to do anything with our season at this point. But I'm just a little surprised that we're having these conversations right now. I feel like this, these these are like good conversations that happen at your you know your last press conference of the year. So I, I don't, I'm not sure why they're happening now. I don't know either. Maybe it could be like at the time team morale was pretty low, coming off of the UNC loss. Maybe Jim just kind of was like, "Screw it, I'm just going to tell everybody about it." But it is odd, like the timing of everything and. I'm not necessarily concerned about that, but it is a little bit curious, like why this is all coming out now. Um, I don't know. It could be because like maybe the program is just kind of down right now and they're just kind of like, you know, why, why hold it back for the end of the year press conference? Maybe the end of year presser is like when we actually get a little bit more of a hint of the plan, because you can imagine that people are going to be asking about it like all the time at pressers now is like who is the next head coach going to be so um maybe it's just that Jim was just he he just woke up on the right side of the bed and he was just willing to like let everything go I guess yeah I mean we, we've had like you know a week break ish I mean our last game was, was was Monday so we've had you know this this week off so he's like you know what it's it's time to uh time to break some news I guess I'm not sure I mean we have Unfortunately, really simplified our options. We've already said it. Our only option right now is to win the ACC tournament. We're no longer at a point where it's like, oh, if we beat Notre Dame and Duke, you know, you know, if we go on a run here at the end, well, we might have a chance for a bid. It's like, no, you have one option, and it's one option only. So that is simplify things. We know what we have to do, and if we don't do it, then we know what that means for us. We're not going to be watching Selection Sunday, you know, with our fingers crossed. We know what we have to do, which in a way kind of is like brings you at peace. Obviously it's super unfortunate, but like we know what we have to do. There's no, you know, Oh, like we, we got snubbed or oh, no worries. We, we know what we have to do. And if we come short, then we come short. And that sort of brings us to like kind of recapping the games since, like I said, since we last talked to you guys, uh, Duke happened and then UNC happened. UNC, Let's just go over that real quick. There's just one person that we really need to highlight. Captain Cole was insane. 36 points. He was 7 for 11 from 3. Career high. It was an amazing performance from Captain Cole. It's good to see him like with his cape on, leading the way. Unfortunately, it wasn't enough. He was very upset that it wasn't enough when he got his fifth foul and he came out for the game. He uh, looked like he wanted to have more. He wanted more. He wanted to lead the team to, to a to a victory, but it was a really, really tough fought loss. He put on such a special performance. 36 is, is only one point off from breaking the Deem Done record, which that's an impressive like sentence. It's an impressive stat in itself. But just in general, Cole's work on and off the court Puts, puts him in a position to do this on any given night, honestly. Like, he, he's like, does yoga, he eats right, he he sleeps right. Like, he's like, he's a pro. He, he He's locked in. He does everything right. So, 
you know, it's it's only a matter of time for him to have a special game like this, given the the the, the caliber of shooter he is. Honestly, it's just we we say this time and time again, like we're we've so huge on Cole Swider. It's just truly an honor to see him in orange this year. It is a bummer that this career high special game came in a, in a loss, but nonetheless, it you know it's still a special night and definitely worth noting. We're already talking about futures, so I think that it's I'm pretty safe to bring this up. He had an interview with with Donna and talked about like his uh, future in a Q's uniform and did not rule out that he would not be back next year, if that makes sense. He said that there is a potential that he could come back next year. Yeah, that makes more sense. So I would love to see Cole come back for another year, but like, obviously, Zach, we both want what's best for him. Do we think realistically that there is a chance that Cole could come back, that it would actually help his like career out? I think he could be he could step into even like a bigger role next year. And I think, you know, given the athleticism that we have coming in, as as long as that pans out the way we hope and think it will, I think he could he could even be better utilized and, you know, having having better athleticism around him helps him. And I think out of the three guys that, you know, are seniors or I guess final year players of, you know, Buddy, Jimmy and Cole, I do think Cole is the most likely guy to come back. You know, Buddy obviously wants to try to go into the league. And I think Jimmy's, I mean, league, I guess, to a degree, but also he's he's interested in playing, seeing where he can play overseas or whatever that may be. So I think I think Cole's our best bet for returning play out of those three. And I know, I feel like, especially after this, the UNC game and just how he's played all year, like I don't think anyone would mind him having, would mind him coming back. I know Jim has mentioned a couple times that the whole plan in the beginning of the year was that, Jimmy, Buddy, and Cole were only going to be here for one year, but the fact that Cole is even mentioning it, that he is not going to rule it out, and honestly, just like looking at it as a whole, I think it would probably make the most sense for him to come back another year. If he were to come back, this could be his team. Next year's team could be his team, kind of like Buddy's team is right now, where this is absolutely Buddy's team. Next year, it would be Captain Cole, and it would be him leading the way. He would probably be the oldest guy out there, and he'd be the most experienced, but also the most vocal. And I think that that's the kind of leader that the team is going to need next year because they're going to be so young. There are so many good recruits coming in. Obviously, some of those recruits could potentially start. Jim has mentioned it before that, what do you say, like two or three like freshmen could potentially start? Is that what he said? Yeah, he, he he said multiple freshmen could start and, you know, really talked highly of this class. You know, when and when we initially got those commits, he was saying the 22 class is the best class, incoming class he's ever had. And, you know, I think that could hold true. Um, hopefully it does. I guess there, there truly is only one way to tell, and that's, you know, when they actually play a game and we got to wait quite a long time for that one. I would, I'm, I'll believe it when I see it. If the... Freshmen yeah. are actually like starting and everything, um, which listen, if they are great, but Captain Cole could absolutely like lead that younger group um, for the year. And I think that it would benefit him greatly for his like career. But honestly, if he wants to go pro, that's absolutely his choice. Like he's got to do it. He's got to do what he's got to do. Um, but to just kind of like go back to the game, uh, just a lot of a couple of negatives to kind of take away from it. Um, 
Obviously, the inbounds play with only like 15 seconds left was was pretty sloppy to say the least. And it's just, you know, it's another one of those cases where we're not really able to close out games. And it just it's such a headache, Zach, at this point. Yeah, it, it's it's a bummer. I mean, Jim kind of did flip the script on that a little bit because he, he mentioned the presses that, you know, there's only four shots, uh, four seconds left on the shot clock. You know, what can you really get out of that? And he also mentioned with that turnover, they're, they'll just go back and set up on defense. So rather than like, you know, a, a wild three that, that, that rebounds long and next thing you know, you have a breakaway, you know, play on your hands. So there, I see the argument there, but I do think overall, like, you could you could make a play happen in four seconds, like there's no doubt about that. And also, just the the I mean, like if that was truly like if you just want to get back on D, then like I don't know. I feel like I I get that like it's maybe not the worst thing ever because you were able to get back on D and set up. But I do think there's still a lot of frustration in seeing that play, you know, run into Buddy's feet rather than his hands for a chance for you know to close out the game. So. And it's just another instance where we've seen that this year, which is why so frustrating. I really don't know what to say other than that. It's just frustrating, and it's just another you know late game inbounds play that I don't think that's the reason we lost ultimately. So like it's not that horrible, I guess. But it it was a final play that that caught a lot of eyes, and a lot of people in the Twitterverse were upset over that. And. It just seems like another one of those games where like it was kind of in our grasp, like we could have potentially like gotten the win. And I was pretty excited because that would definitely be like one of our bigger wins on the year. But just like silly, like turnovers, like I know Joe had four turnovers and he didn't really play the best game in the world. Obviously, he did have like the game time bucket, but also um, not not the greatest game in the world. And it could be another question of like if we had Samir. um Obviously, he was injured during the game. If we had Samir, where could we have been towards the end of the game? Like, what position could we have been in? And obviously, those are ifs, ands, and buts. But, like, at the same time, it really just kind of stinks that Samir was injured for this game. And uh, overall, just a, a pretty pretty tough loss to, to swallow. Yeah, I mean, just one last thing on Cole is just the fact that if Cole didn't have the performance he, he had, which was obviously outstanding we've we've already touched on that but if, if Cole didn't have this outstanding performance we would have lost this game by 20 30 points it would have been it would have been miserable because and anyone else on the roster didn't con- contribute the way that they usually do and if Cole wasn't showing up like he did it, it would have been real ugly real quick I do want to highlight uh the Duke game a little bit unfortunately it was it was pretty pretty tough to watch but um, we just have to like highlight the performance of Benny. He was fantastic. It was definitely his breakout game, 13 points on 5-for-7 shooting. Um, he played great. You definitely could see like the glimpses of what he can be as a player. And overall, he just he looked really comfortable out there. He just looked like he just kind of knew what he was doing. He was getting to his assignments and everything. He just looked like he was having a... Um, a, a great game just mentally and, you know, obviously great performance overall. Yeah, both our forwards that game were struggled so, 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 so much. So Benny came in and and had his breakout game, and which was very much due. And it was just great to see him go out there, hit a stride, and just just play great and just look like the player that we know he can be. And he, especially on, on, on given who we were playing, given the, the thirty thousand crowd that was there, like I'm sure that was like a really special 
performance for him, even though it did come in a loss in a blowout loss. I mean, like that, that's 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 a good building block for him to to, to feel how it, to, just to feel that experience of playing in the dome with all those fans and having like a good performance, the best performance of the year. Like that's that's incredible, and I I'm, I know he'll be encouraged to get get back to that spot over the off season while he's while he's working. I know the big question now is like, can we compete with Duke? And the problem is that we locked the nine seed in the ACC tournament, which means that we play Florida State. The game after that is against Duke. So we would play Duke a third time. And it's like, can we actually compete with Duke? Jim, according to him, says, no, we can't compete with Duke. And uh, they're a great team. They're, they're a fantastic team overall. But in your eyes, Zach, can we compete with Duke? Can we actually go up against them in the ACC tournament and take a win? It's tough. I mean, I didn't want to say this before we played Duke this time, but even before the Duke and UNC game, it looked like we were going to be playing Duke in the ACC tournament. And if there's a time to beat Duke this season, this is going to be now the third time, it's in the ACC tournament. I'll take those two hours throughout the season to beat them now, but that still does lead us to, can we actually compete with them? And based on our first two matchups, they, they both result in our worst case scenario. Like we, we didn't shoot the ball well. We we struggled like just across the board. And it was just like ugly. Like we we just kinda kinda had no hope out there. I don't know. It's really discouraging. I, I I'm really it's just hard. Like it, it really does feel like they're that good, which I don't love to say, especially because they're so far away from us where it's like, can we even compete? I just feel like we have great shooters and you know, all that. I just feel like we're just not athletic enough to always get our shot. Like our Fords, they they struggled so hard that game. Like they they didn't like Cole didn't even take a three that game. Like they couldn't yeah. get a shot off. So it's just like I, I don't know. It's if if based on those first two games, it's like unless we pull out like a miracle performance or like somehow figure out a way to like get get our shots. I don't know. There's there the athleticism difference is just like so much that it just feels like. As much as I I I want to believe, and, and part of me does believe that we compete with them, based on our first two games, based on you know if if I have to give you an answer. I don't know if we can truly compete with them, especially given you know our depleted roster and everything we're going through this year. It would be really difficult because, like you said, the depleted roster and just, I think with Jesse, it would have made a world of difference. But the problem with Duke is that even if we are getting shots in, they have such a great way of like just killing all momentum that you have. I'm not really sure how they do it. I think that they just kind of more or less out rebound you and they just are out, they out beat, they just beat you, <laughs> they outplay you. And it's so easy for them to just kind of take control in the game. Like you said, our forwards struggled mightily against them in this last outing. So um, if there's any time to like piece everything together or maybe have like Duke have a terrible game, it's in the ACC tournament. Like you said, I will take those two losses um, if it means getting a win against them in the ACC tournament. And again, maybe we'll have Samir at that point. Maybe he is healthy enough to play. Maybe that will change things a little bit. But uh, until then, it's going to be a little bit difficult. And until then, Zach, we still have one more regular season game to go. Senior night against Miami. They are honoring Buddy, Jimmy, and Cole, and a couple other seniors that are on the team. 
I'm calling it now. They are winning this game. They are 100% winning this game. Dude, there is no way Jackson Tom's buddy Bayheim is losing his last game in the carry dome. Can you can, can you can you disagree with that? I don't think you can. Oh, I can't disagree with that. There's no way. There's absolutely no way. And Jimmy came in. He definitely, I think, helped his career out a little bit. Just becoming, you know, a, a, uh, an orange man um, coming from Cornell. I think that this is going to be special for the Bayheims. It's going to be special for just Syracuse in general. Um, obviously, Buddy has been the pride and joy of all Syracuse fans for the past couple of years, and Jimmy has definitely won the hearts of of all Cuse fans this year. And it's going to be very special for Jim. Um, it's going to be very special for Cole, too, which, again, we really hope that this is not the last that we see of Cole. I don't think that it will be, but also don't want to necessarily predict things too much. What is it going to take, Zach, to win this game against Miami? Is it as simple as the Bayheims just need to go off? I, I think it really comes down to that, like, I think it's going to be special performances from for Buddy for sure. I think both the Bayheim brothers, Jimmy and Buddy, I think they're they're going to come to perform. I mean, the whole team is going to come perform. But just something, I don't know, just something. There's just an aura and a spark that I feel particularly around Jimmy and Buddy that is is particularly special for this game. That I think it's just, I think it's going to be special, especially Buddy. I think Buddy is going to have a really special game. In addition to those three, obviously you got Barama, who is a grad student. Um, I, I don't know if he's going to be honored this year. He was honored last year, so it could be maybe like they have something for him. Patty is a grad student, so look for him to possibly get something. Um, Nick is a grad student as well. So I think that, you know, we could be NBC like something for them, could see a little bit of something for, uh, for those guys and... Obviously, also, you got uh, Chris Lavelle, too. So, a bunch of guys that could potentially be honored. We honestly couldn't find anything that says if they were going to be honored, too, or not. But I'm sure that the the university is going to have something for them for all of their contributions. Especially Patty Casey, man. He has he balled out, Zach. He's the greatest player in Syracuse history. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't disagree with that. I mean, like, like, these guys are all grad students, but just because of COVID years and you know, grad programs and stuff like, I don't know. I feel like Brahma has been on the team for like the last <laughs> six years. So maybe they could come back again. I, I don't, I don't really know um, if they're being honored this year or if this is their, their, their last year or not. So it might be, I'm, I'm not hundred percent sure, but nonetheless, I guess we'll find out. Patty Casey, come back for one more year. Okay. Be a super grad student. Run it back, baby. Run it back. Get that PhD. Okay. Be a PhD student. And uh, we'll call you Dr. Patty Casey, and you can come back for one Dude, more Dr. year. Dr. Casey? Dr. That's got a Casey. ring to it. It's got a great Cooking ring to it. Cooking it up on, on the court? Oh. What do you think that come he, on now. What do you think that he should get his doctorate in? I think that it's got to be something cool. I don't know if there's no culinary school for Syracuse, but I think that he could potentially, he could go to like broadcasting or something like that. He's got the look for it. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think like of like just notable, like famous programs at Cuse, and obviously... The broadcasting program's huge. What else is big at Cuse? He's uh he's working towards a master's degree in marketing, which I think needs to become a PhD in marketing. All right. Look at his face. Go. He is the marketing genius, Patty Casey himself. Dr. Casey needs to come back for one more year. Anyways, that game on Saturday at 1 p.m. against Miami on ESPN U. 
It'll be a great one. It'll be a big, fat dub from the Carrier Dome. And Zach, I am looking forward to hearing the fans cheer on the uh, Bayheim brothers in the last outing, potentially last outing in a Syracuse uniform. Yeah, I'm excited. The fact that it's senior day and given who's who our seniors are actually makes me hyped for this game. Obviously, you know, it's the last game of the season. You know, we're 15-15. We're things are like kind of low. But like because of that, I'm actually really, really hyped for this game. And I do want to make mention of the game that's later that night. It is big. We don't like either of the teams, but it also is a very, very important game just to Coach K's legacy and just to college basketball in general. Just Duke and UNC, it's going to be going on at 6 o'clock, so obviously after the Syracuse win against Miami. So make sure you tune into that one. It's going to be a huge game. The average ticket sales for that game, Zach, are like like in, in the four digits. I don't know why anybody would ever pay that much money just to go to a game. I would never, ever, ever do that, Zach. I would never pay that much money to go to a game. It's wild. I mean, I've heard like 80 previous Duke players are going to be there, which obviously like all those guys are like NBA guys, so they can afford that. I'm sure like that kind of jacked up the price. And obviously, who doesn't want to see that? It's The ACC was really smart scheduling that for to be the, the final game of the year between those two teams, and it's, it's going to be a special night. And as much as, you know, I don't want to, uh, you know, say to watch the Duke game, you probably want to watch this one. Yeah, it's going to be very important. So make sure you tune into that one after the Syracuse win. And uh, next time you hear from us, we'll be after the Miami win. We'll be previewing all that we need to talk about for the ACC tournament against Florida State. It is nice that we actually know our opponent and we know who we're going to be playing against. So until then, we will see you later. Thanks for listening. Let's go Cuse.